Sports Ethos New York Nick Podcast. Andre Caliber, happy holidays. Almost up against the new year. There is a lost episode of this show that happened right after the Milwaukee win on Christmas. Uh, a win that was important for the team after losing to Milwaukee all year long and losing to them right before the holiday. It was big spot, 12 noon, because the league hates the Knicks. 12 noon, but at least it was at home, so they don't hate them totally. But how many, road, how many road games can they give them against the Bucks? Got to give them something. And the Knicks pulled it out, and we talk about it all the time. It's another awesome game from Brunson. Randall played well again. He got a good game from RJ. He got a good game from IQ. You get those four guys playing well, and they can be any team in the league. Any team. It was a big, big, big win. And you can break it down. But then we ran right into this OKC game, and and I in that lost episode I said it, I said it, I told you, or tried to tell you. OKC's one. Of the, I know some of you just watched the Knicks. OKC's one of the best teams in the league right now, and the Knicks are they're like they're a letdown team. You're playing against a team they haven't played all year. It's a tough team. They got a shooting big. They went down in this game, went down early. They fought their way back. Kudos for the fight back. But this is not a game that I expected them expected them to win, not because I'm giving them excuses, but because they're a good team. And the Knicks, they, they're good for a letdown. They're good for a letdown. They'll give you a tough, hard-fought victory, but then you go up against a team that they haven't seen all year who's as prolific as OKC is. OKC has a ton of guys shooting 50% from the field. They're an incredibly efficient offensive team. They give you they have special defensive players in Jalen Williams and, and Chet Holm, Holmgren, along with some other guys that fill in the blanks. You know, the this is a this tough team. The, the, if you want the Knicks to win this game on the road after a hard fought Milwaukee victory, that's that's why you, you make that big move. You make the big move because you're not the team that's probably gonna win that game. You can win it, but there's no reason to expect it. And that's kind of how I function. You come into this this season and you look at this team and you say, you know what, I think this team is going to be like a fourth seed, maybe a fifth seed, possibly a third seed. But they're not better than Milwaukee. They're not better than Boston. So then you watch them not be better than Milwaukee and not be better than Boston, and you, you're criticizing the team. That's not how this works. They're exactly who you should have thought they were. I mean, it has to come from a really ignorant place to to watch the team be who they're supposed to be or right around who they're supposed to be. No, they're not. No, they're not actually playing at their best, losing one of their better players and then criticizing them. What? Saying they need to make a move. Well, everyone knows they need to make a move. You knew they need to make a move. The organization knows they need to make a move. You've not seen a report from anywhere that said the team was not trying to make a move. The trade season just started, and most teams don't move anybody until the trade deadline. This is who this team is. This team came into this season as a four, five, possibly a third seed team. It's December. They might be a 10th seed team, or they might be a two seed team. There's no reason for you to think that this is a disaster, unless you had no idea who they were coming into the season. But that's not the case for most of you. You're just looking for things to complain about. You want to win a championship, but you don't win championships in December. 
You know, the last team to beat Boston at home, you know who it was? The Knicks. Last season. That's the last team to beat Boston at home. The Knicks. In the regular season, of course. We're talking about regular season. And what does that mean? Nothing. Nothing. Were the Knicks, would the Knicks have been favorited if they beat Miami in the playoffs and played Boston in that series? Would they be the favorites because they beat Boston in the season series? No. Stop putting so much stock in these games. If you think they're a fourth or fifth seed, then you know what? The fourth or fifth seed team in Eastern Conference is probably going to lose a game like OKC on the road. Chill out. Don't get all bent out of shape in how the sausage is made. Now, this game coming up in Orlando, this is the game they got to win. Because you can't lose the game in OKC and lose the game in Orlando. You can't do both. You got to pick a struggle. And I choose OKC. Now, Orlando is very capable of beating the Knicks. They're playing very, very well. But you don't want a situation where you lose to OKC and then lose to an upstart Orlando team who you're fighting with positioning, fighting, fighting, fighting for positioning against in the Eastern Conference. You can't have both. You got to have this game. And you know Orlando wants it. You know it. They got a bunch of players in that team that have bones to pick with the Knicks. Cole Anthony being one of them. Got to win it. Bottom line. Bottom line. Orlando has some tough perimeter defenders. Nobody that can guard. I mean, I'd like to see Jalen Suggs against Jalen Brunson. But nobody, nobody can stop anybody on the Knicks. You've seen Paolo have his way with Julius Randle a couple times. To- Julius Randle a couple times, but, you know. Listen, Julius Randle's going to have his way with him, too. Uh, the Franz Wagner situation, troublesome because he always finds a way. I shouldn't say always. He hadn't always played well against the Knicks, but, you know, he's one of those one of those guys that can find a shot to kill you with six, seven seconds on the shot clock after playing good defense. The Knicks can, can beat this team. I'm... It's not about Ken. It's not about being on the road. It's about getting it done. And they need to get it done. You want to get you want to get a flyer for that OKC loss? Cool. Win in Orlando. Now, I do want to talk, and I'm pissed off about this because I recorded this on the last show that didn't get a chance to, to get out. Um, so, at this point, I, I've seen this discussed with Jonathan Macri on his podcast with with uh, Fred Katz. And we're talking about IQ's minutes. Now, IQ's minutes, it's been a huge conversation, a huge controversy amongst intelligent Nick fans, not just the, you know, boy who cried wolf Nick fans. And it's a really complicated scenario. And you saw them in that interview talk about it a little bit. And basically parrot something that I said on the show that didn't come out, right? Which was Tibbs' excuse for not playing IQ is size. So when you see IQ come out the game, and the reason why you don't see IQ play more minutes, outside of games where he's not shooting the ball well and not being aggressive or effective offensively, and people say, well, Tibbs, I mean, uh, you know, IQ does so much on defense and his plus minus and all. But listen, I get all that. But Josh Hart is good on that front, too. DiVincenzo, good on that front, too. Grimes, sometimes, because of his, he's a little bit bigger as a defender, 
and has played a little bit better coming off the bench. And last year as well, that's true in his front as well. It may not be as true as IQ statistically, but you know when you start getting in, that's when you start getting into the nuances of those stats. That's why you don't look at those stats in a vacuum. It's not just as simple as oh, you put IQ on the floor and you're always a better team. It's maybe IQ on the floor instead of X player, and it's hard to say that just playing IQ over Divincenzo makes the Knicks better team. It's it, it's hard. It's really really hard for you to make that point. And there's no shade to IQ. It's not shade to IQ at all. It's a compliment to DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo's adding a lot to the Knicks team too. Josh Hart's adding a lot to the Knicks team too. I don't need to detail that for you. You see his stat lines? He's getting, he's getting you know, seven, eight, nine rebounds, five, six, seven assists. And he's playing defense. And he's playing backup power forward sometimes. And he initiates offense, and he runs. He he brings pace to the offense when pace is a lot of times an issue for the team. They all bring different things to the table, and and it's positive. Luckily, the Knicks have three guys who are offering four guys who are offering positive things at the shooting guard small forward position. Asterisk on Josh Hart, who also plays back at power forward. So IQ is in a situation where if you just look at IQ in a vacuum, you say, well, IQ is an amazing player. He's averaging 15 points a game, and he plays defense, and he's this, that, and the other. But you know what? IQ is your backup point guard, and he's playing behind who should be an all-NBA player and an all-star in Brunson. So he has to play the shooting guard to get extra minutes. And the issue with him being a shooting guard is that he is a small – he's a point guard. He's a point guard size. He's small. And we've seen teams actually target IQ a few times. Like I remember Donovan Mitchell targeting IQ. Doesn't he's not even much he's not even bigger than IQ. But I remember him targeting IQ down a stretch of a game, looking for a switch to get IQ on him because he was chewing IQ up. And IQ's an excellent defensive player, but he did not bother Donovan. Q was uh Quentin Rich I mean Quentin Richardson. Quentin Grimes was bothering him. He was trying to get Quentin off of him. The Knicks had the blitz at the end of that game. I remember that game well because Tibbs used to go down with the ship with whatever defensive strategy he was. He decided for that game. And this was right around the time last year where he started to change that. Like, I'm going to adjust defensively and not go down watching the same person do the same thing for the last four minutes of the game. So IQ size does harm him against certain matchups, right? Harms him. You have to play him at the shooting guard if you want him to play. That means that Grimes, DiVincenzo, and Hart, because Randall's going to play a lot of minutes, they they become the rotator, rotating small forward. Oh, wait a minute. We have a $25 million player who also plays small forward. His name is R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett does lose minutes to Hart and to some extent, IQ, and to some extent, DiVincenzo and Grimes to the lesser, the lesser extent. But RJ's going to play. And RJ's going to complain. People are going to complain about RJ's minutes. You understand? So where where is the release valve here? 
Who's getting minutes they're not supposed to get? You want DiVincenzo to play less minutes? He's not playing that, minutes to be, that many minutes to begin with. The guy is shooting like 50% from three right now. You, you don't want him on the floor? You see the defensive plays that he makes sometimes, the rebounds he gets sometimes? You don't want him on the floor? How, how, many, how many less minutes do you want him to get to give it to IQ? And see, is IQ playing so much better than DiVincenzo that DiVincenzo should be losing minutes to him? Not consistently. On a night, yes, on a night when someone is playing well, then they should be playing more. If they're playing better than someone else, then they should be playing more. Absolutely. But night to night, you just want to steal his minutes and give it to IQ? That don't make sense. Quinn Grimes, how many less minutes do you want him to get? He went to the bench, he's playing even less minutes, even when he plays well, because there's too many people to play the position. Why don't you guys understand that? There are too many players playing those positions. They need to make a move. They all know it. Not a secret, but who do you want to trade? I'll tell you right now, I don't want to trade any of those guys. I don't want to trade IQ. I don't want to trade DiVincenzo. I don't want to trade Hart. I don't want to trade Grimes. But if I had to trade one of them, unfortunately, it would have to be Grimes right now because Grimes doesn't seem to have the makeup to function within the parameters of this team. Even though he's played better coming off the bench, he doesn't seem to have the makeup. I mentioned it to a friend of mine. He, you know, he hit, he had a nice and one in the Milwaukee game and then went to the free throw line and hit the ball and shot the ball at the side of the rim. Now, a guy who shoots 40% from three should not be hit missing free throws. And last time I saw him on free throw line, he missed two free throws. That's all mental. That's all psychological. He's not, he does not have the mental makeup, in my opinion, to, to function within this team and this team's makeup right now. So that would be why if I had to choose one, it would be him. And I don't, I don't make that choice lightly, right? But if we're talking about IQ getting more minutes. That's two guys, DiVincenzo and Grimes, who don't get that many minutes and probably deserve the minutes that they get and some because Grimes is the taller defender and he's excellent perimeter defender. So now we talk about Josh Hart. Can Josh Hart afford to lose minutes at the small forward and shooting guard position? I would say yes, and against most matchups, and it can't be all matchups, and we talked about that before, but against most matchups, I think that Hart can get more minutes at the backup power forward position so that Randall can get less minutes. It doesn't mean that Randall's not playing well because he's playing awesomely, and this is not a shade Randall conversation right now. It's just that you can probably get a couple more minutes. Uh, you can probably give a couple more minutes to IQ by extension if you give a, if you give Hart a couple of Randall's minutes so that Hart can still maintain the minutes he's playing because he's important to the team and you don't take away the few minutes that the other perimeter players get. Right? It, can that be easier said than done? Sure. But a minute and a half, I don't think it's crazy. That way, Hart doesn't lose minutes. You can give a couple of minutes 
to IQ by extension. And for those who don't maybe don't understand, the small forward shooting guard position is so interchangeable and Hart plays. He doesn't really play shooting guard all that often. But when RJ, when he's playing with RJ, he does. Right? But when Randall comes back in the game and Hart stays in the game, he moves the small forward. And whoever is, you know, whoever Tibbs has decided should get that shooting guard spot in that particular point in the game is playing shooting guard. Right? So if Hart was, if you wanted a couple more minutes from Hart, you leave Randall on the bench for a couple more minutes so that one more person at the three or the two can be on the floor for those minutes, right? So if you wanted to go to IQ, cool. That's that's two more minutes for IQ. And that doesn't hurt the team. I don't care what it is. It doesn't hurt the team. You know, unless Hart's not playing well or, you know, Randall's playing awesomely, then you make adjustments. So I would I would say that's one way to give IQ more minutes. Doesn't help anybody else, but it helps IQ. Outside of that, Tibbs plays people who's playing well, right? Randall gets minutes whether he's playing well or not. Brunson gets minutes whether he's playing well or not. And Josh Hart, not RJ, is the guy who gets minutes whether he's playing well or not. Now he might he might get more minutes if he's playing well, but I don't think he's gets less minutes if he's not playing well. He gets, I think he gets the same amount of minutes. If he's struggling or not, he's going to get the same a lot, a lot of minutes unless somebody is playing lights out. And if he's playing extremely well, he's getting more minutes. Right? And, and that's because primarily, not only because of what Josh does on the floor, but because Josh brings length to the small forward and shooting guard positions when he's out there. And that's what IQ can't do, and sometimes, for, for the most part, Grimes can't even do, and of course, DiVincenzo can't do. Hart can play bigger players, and Tibbs is partial to that. That's why Hart plays. That's why he's the third person on that list. He's partial to that. That's why IQ doesn't get those minutes. He's not big enough. Now, my my thing is, there are situations where the size does not hurt the team yet at that position. So instead of anticipating that it's going to hurt the team and take an IQ out, let it hurt the team first for a couple position, possessions because IQ does so many good things. But it's not at the expense of Josh Hart. That's not that's not who you want to take minutes away from. It's not at Grimes expense. It's not at even Chenzo's expense. It's at RJ's expense. And I know some of you are going to lose your minds. It's at RJ's expense. This is what you guys need to understand. RJ is the problem. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. On this show, from somebody who supported RJ when he was playing well, who believed in RJ and can tell you the positive things that RJ does, RJ is the reason why IQ doesn't get minutes, the reason why DiVincenzo doesn't get more minutes, and Grimes doesn't get more minutes. It's RJ. 
It's RJ. And with him being a negative on the floor offensively, he is the reason why the Knicks struggle sometimes. Because even when he's playing well defensively, he doesn't play as well as those guys. But here's the other side of it. And this is what Macri and Fred, Fred Katz went into. When Hart or RJ are not on the floor, the Knicks are about a minus 40. This is before the OKC game. Now, what, is that, what does that mean to you? This is something that every time I told you that it's, it's the length, it's size is the reason why IQ sits. And it's not the total. Listen, let me rephrase. It's not the total reason that he doesn't play more minutes. Because, again, some of those minutes are going to people they, they shouldn't get. Like, like I said, a couple more minutes from Randall, they can afford to lose. A couple of RJ's minutes, even though it's not exactly, you know, PC. <laughs> a couple of RJ's minutes should probably go to IQ. But look at this stat. The Knicks are a minus 40 if Hart or RJ are not on the floor. That is purely because they provide size and length at that small forward position. So if the Knicks don't play one of those guys, they are losing games. They are losing points on the floor. So that means that small forward position is occupied. So Grimes, Hart, DiVincenzo have to share the shooting guard position outside of IQ playing some backup minutes. There's no other option. There's no other option that has not proven effective. It's objective information. So when you start talking about what's the next move the next thing to make, now, we all know they need a tall wing. We've talked about it on this show, and uh, it's been said a thousand times. It's not, it's not rocket science. But where does that tall wing go? Assuming IQ does not get moved in that trade. I'm assuming that. A lot of you are assuming IQ is going to get traded. There are people saying that Tibbs is not playing IQ more minutes because they're trying to downplay his value so that they don't have to pay him over the summer. There's a lot of politics in the NBA. And there's some, a lot of silly stuff goes on in the NBA that we don't know about. But you're doing too much. I don't know how, like, it, it's, it's something that's plausible in a vacuum. But I don't know how you can watch the team play and think that Tibbs is doing anything other than trying to win. Even if you don't agree with what he's doing, I don't see how you can think he's doing anything other than trying to win. Like, you're really tripping. The guy's averaging 15 points a game in less minutes than he played last year. And you think that the league is so stupid that they don't understand that if he played more minutes, he might actually play better? You think the you think Tibbs is sitting there with Leon Rose like, we got him, we got him now. He's averaging 15 points in, in 22 minutes. No way, no way he was gonna offer him 25 million. Are you serious? How dumb is that? How dumb is it to think that? And then, 
It's it's the same people who will tell you the Knicks are going to trade him at the deadline. So if they're going to trade him at the deadline, why would they be doing something trying to lessen his value? What are you talking about? If the Knicks trade him at the... Listen, there's a lot of people predicting they're going to trade him at the deadline because you know, they don't want to lose him in free agency, but you don't understand what restricted, restricted free agency is. So... If you understood what restricted free agency is, then you would not assume that the Knicks are afraid to lose him. Okay. Now, if you want to add the nuance to say the Knicks don't or can't pay him $25 million a year. Okay, cool. Say the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks can afford to pay IQ $25 million a year. I don't think IQ is good enough to pay $25 million a year. And I don't think the Knicks are going to do it or, and, or I don't think the Knicks are going to do it. Okay, cool. So they're going to trade him at the deadline, but don't, don't say that they are afraid to lose him. That's, that's a, that's not really either. They're prepared to pay what other teams are are going to offer him or they're not. And for those of you who say, well, some team is going to blow him out the water. Well, if they do, God bless. God bless. There's only been so many teams that have the cap space there's only but so many teams that are willing to pay him 25, I'm sorry, 20, 27, 28, 29, 30 million dollars a year. Because you know what? IQ is not that good. I don't care what you say. He's not showing himself to be a 30 million dollar a year player. He's not. He's not. So God bless. If he can get it, God bless. But if you believe they're going to trade IQ at the deadline, Fine. Okay, cool. Give me your reasons. Give me your nuance. All right. I don't want IQ traded at the deadline. At the deadline. I don't think that makes him a better team to lose IQ. There's no backup point guard on the roster that they should feel relatively confident is going to give them the same minutes and poise and leadership that IQ does. You can like McBride all you want. Is The stakes are too high to put that on McBride's plate when you think that you might be on the verge of winning a championship. Or competing for a championship, which the Knicks are thinking they are. They're on the verge. They're a move away, two moves away. So you're not going to move IQ unless you're replacing the backup point guard position, which you might be able to do in that trade, but it's unlikely. They're going to get somebody as good as IQ. They should have enough pieces to trade to get the guy they need without having to move IQ. That's a position that you don't have a a surplus at, backup point guard. But the positions you do have a surplus at, shooting guard and small forward, in theory, that's where you would move somebody. And the guy that I would move, the guy whose contract is is in the realm of a star, is R.J. Barrett. And if you can move R.J. Barrett and get two wings, if you can get a wing who just sits on the bench and is just available when you need him and a wing that's actually the star, the, the, the star or the solid player through whoever, whatever it is, ends up being. Now, I think that you, now you're a more complete team because now you're replacing R.J. Barrett with a more complete player who, in theory, should be more consistent. And you can play Grimes as shooting guard. You can play DiVincenzo as shooting guard. You can play... Uh, someone at that position who is comfortable not having the ball in their hands every minute. 
Because when you get someone who needs the ball in their hands because he's a star, quote unquote, and then you try to play him along R.J. Barrett, how's that going to work? That's a guy who needs the ball in his hands to be effective. All the other things he does on the floor are average at best to below average. So why wouldn't you upgrade that so that you don't have to have Hart or R.J. on the floor? The reason why you have to have Hart or RJ on the floor is because the, the other players you have that give you what you need are too small. So replace replace the guy who has the size but not the game that you need. That's who you move. Move him. Time The time has come. The time has come. That's the guy that you move. Replace RJ Barrett with the player that gives you everything the shooting guards give you on this team, gives you everything that RJ gives you, and everything he doesn't. And that's what you have. And then you can fill that shooting guard position with with one of those guys who gives you what he gives you that you need. There'll still be a minute situation because you just replace him, one guy in a rotation with another. But you might have to give up one of those guys. If you're going to upgrade RJ, you're going to have to give up one of those guys. So you you will be relieving the pressure at the shooting guard position. Unfortunately, the right play is to give up Grimes because DiVincenzo is playing too well. And obviously, Hart is playing too well. And we talked about IQ. So in my mind, it's RJ and Grimes who are expendable on this roster quote-unquote, air quotes, I should say. You replace him with that star caliber guy, and then now you have a cleaner rotation at the shooting guard position between IQ backing up Brunson, DiVincenzo, and slash Hart slash IQ at the shooting guard position. Slash the wing player that you brought in. But because you removed two guys from the rotation from that that two three uh, rotation, the small guard, small forward shooting guard rotation, you removed two guys and replaced it with one guy. You've relieved the logjam, and now you can play quickly more minutes. You can play at Divincenzo if he gets hot. You don't have to force feed. And be clear, if you're going to upgrade the position, there's draft picks involved. I mean, that goes without being said. Not breaking down the trade. It's not the trade show yet. That's the guy. That's the guy who's got to go. And one thing we didn't touch on is, and and is you know perfect timing actually is R.J. Barrett being subbed in for IQ down the stretch of this OKC game. There's a controversial decision, but Tibbs told you he thought he needed length. Now, on one hand, I tell you that's where I think. Tibbs is flawed. I think he's flawed in anticipating the need for length. And the thing is, he could he could leave RJ off the floor nine nights out of ten. If it was pure basketball decision, if it was pure what was best for the team, he could leave RJ off the floor nine nights out of ten. And maybe that's an exaggeration, but you know it's not an exaggeration. If I said seven nights out of ten, it's not an exaggeration. But he can't, he's not going to sit Hart if he doesn't have to because Hart does too many good things. So if if one of those guys has to be on the floor and Hart is usually the guy who's going to be on the floor, 
and then the politics of of benching RJ, RJ down a stretch of pretty much every single game or seven games out of ten starts to play in into it. He's making too much money. And sometimes he's actually having good offensive games, and there's just no excuse not to have him in down the stretch of the game. But if it was a pure basketball decision, he would never play. He would almost never play because the Knicks don't need his offense a lot of times down the stretch of the game. They need defense. They need solid play. They need outside shooting. Things that he doesn't always bring. But his length defensively can be a positive. But I'd rather take my chances with IQ and watch that length hurt me before I let it let it hurt you on possession and put RJ in. Anyway, we're not gonna let this show run long. We'll be back at it in the new year. This is a busy week with the holiday. I apologize. Make sure you follow at Sports Ethos at Ethos Knicks. Until next time. Oh, my God.